Let's wake and drink with the boys Pull out some weed and get high Keep smoking on the bong While Scotty's talking way too long Got time to smoke one more Taking the message To the people now Keep smoking and growing And watching prohibition fall down Wake and bake America, bitches. That's Whoa. right. I'm not going to try and come. Wait, that's a, it's a little too, a little a little harsh, too early man. in the day to be calling people bitches, huh? I'm yeah, sorry. I retract man. that. I would like to say uh, wake and bake America, brothers and sisters. Sisters and brothers. Sister. All right. Don't Roll we have one female listener? Jays. Get your bowls packed. Get your. I mean, it's, the list is too long today. These days, it used to be able to say... Roll your J's and get your bowls packed. Now you be like, get your dab rig ready. Make sure you got your hard pelican case. Well, let's get, get your straight, man. How do you wake and bake, dude? I mean, do you keep it simple? Is it just a couple of uh, tokes on a pipe for you? Is it bong, a bong hit? You got some kind of morning ritual? What's, what's your deal? Or do you wait, man? Are you not a wake and baker? I'm trying to have a, depending on the concentration currently, it's like a half teaspoon of infused coconut oil right off the bat on an empty stomach, which doesn't get you high right away. So that's not really, that's like a gradual thing. It's just part of a morning routine. It doesn't really, it's just a maintenance. But now after I uh, drop my kids at school because I'm the bus, um, then that's the time. That's the time because I know I'm going to be working. I'm going to be sitting in front of my computer, jamming some tunes, doing the show. And uh, typically you know me, except I know Mountainside Matt's working on a bowl. I just got my baddie. Is that what it is? A simple baddie for you, huh? God damn, you're simple. Baddie and some beeline, man. Some hemp beeline. Nice, man. I actually, uh, shit, we can get right into it, but I came home Saturday night and, uh, uh, pothead assistant's hanging out with me. He's given me about a week of his time to, uh, to help out with some things. And he's like, dude, got good news and bad news, man. The good news is I didn't break your bong. Okay. I was like, oh fuck. What's the bad news, man? The bad news was he broke my bowl. So I have to get a new bowl for Mountainside Matt, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm not smoking bong hits. But normally that's my go-to is like maybe two bong hits of some really delicious weed in the morning or cannabis in the morning and uh, something sativa uh, to kind of get my, my energy flowing, my creative juices going. And, yeah, cuddle them up with my coffee, brother. Did you say cuddled up with your coffee? That's right, man. I tried to anyway. <laughs> I got a little coffee warmer plate thing that I use sometimes when it's chilly, but I never remember to turn it off. Dude, it's like a if you got a coffee warmer, off. you ain't drinking enough, man. You ain't drinking that shit fast enough. It takes me about gotcha. all 30 seconds gotcha. to drink a coffee. So I got some play on words here, I noticed this morning before we get into the show. If you guys have, couldn't tell, we were trying out the new daily show format today. Dude grow show at you five days a week. So we'll see how it works. We say it's supposed to be a little bit of a shorter show, but we've said that before. Dude, I ain't so. doing five hour and a half shows with your brother, and I love you. Absolutely. But, yeah, I just figured we'd come hang out, do a few, see what's growing on, man. Uh, if anything in the news, we could talk about it, and then just talk about grow. I do like to talk about grow every single day. Uh, I seem to be talking about grow every single day more and more with really interesting people. And the one thing I'll, I'll say, man, I, I don't know that I've gotten any smarter, but I've become able to ask uh, intelligent questions, man. And then I remember the answers that intelligent people tell me. So if, that's, if you want to call that smarter, fine, but I'm learning a bunch of stuff, that's for sure. Right on. 
I will take that. Or so that's almost like a, I need an amen or something. <laughs> not just doing it in public, uh, man. I'm gone from just pouring, you know, A and B and not having any idea why, and then saying, "Oh shit, it's not working, boss. What do I do? Oh, use this bottle now." Okay, you know, to actually asking why. And that's the one question I think that we've been decent about asking: is why do I do this? Why would I do this? And then, you know, the, the questions that string along from there. But, uh, yeah, if we do that in public, I think there's so much to learn, and there are so many people that are coming out of the woodwork now, like you know, the Hordelux guys, uh, Jake from Growmore, you know, lighting experts, you know, true chemists, uh, people that really understand things and, uh, and are able to explain them to maybe somebody like me or Grow Guru, and then I can get Grow Guru to explain it to me and the rest of us. <laughs> it's like a chain. I'll take it. Keep on learning. Right. Well, the uh, yeah, it was before I was looking for some news and things for the show, and then I noticed that I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. I think it's the Oro Oroville Dam um, out there oh, in that's the, California. Yeah, I thought I saw something about that. That's uh, they just it's overflowing, right? Yeah, they had some damage to the spillway. The spillway, you know, spillway of a dam is what lets the water run around the dam, and they let the lake spill out into the spillway. Obviously, they have to let the lake go somewhere, and in times of like having a lot of water, the spillway is just supposed to keep spilling it out and handling it. Well, that lake, I didn't know it was like, I think it's the biggest man-made lake, like in the nation. Okay. And not only that, that's the tallest dam in the nation. And I'm like, no pun intended, damn, those are two things you don't want to screw up. Oh, you know, you dude, we have a decent sized dam in Fort Collins and I used to live on the west side of town. I would ride my mountain bike kind of very close to the face of it. And I was just like, dude, you know, you think of the Zeppelin song when the levee breaks, you got no place to stay. And I was like, yeah, that's going to be me if that fucker breaks right there. So, <laughs> first money well, I got I mean, I moved no... above the dam. Now I'm above the dam. Now my lake just drains if, uh, you know, if, if the levee breaks. And then you go, this is why media is bullshit. I was like, oh, let me find some information on what's going on at this dam. And, you know, NPR has a, a title news story six hours ago. Signs of hope at Oroville Dam after overflow sparked large flooding. And then the next one, USA Today. What is the Oroville Dam and what will happen if the spillway fails? <laughs> like one, one news story is like signs of hope. Anyway, uh, man, I heard the story kind of... about the Mulholland Dam a long time ago. I know I'm going to screw this up, but Google that shit. It's an interesting story, man. Uh, the guy was like, it was like Dr. Mulholland or Mr. Mulholland or something like that. And he was like the smartest guy in town and he designed the dam and he just didn't believe it was going to fail. And everyone was coming up to him like, dude, this thing, there's big cracks and it's going to fail. And he's like, oh, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll fix it. It'll be fine. And sure enough, it just boom, <laughs> failed like. Really fucked up the town, man. Real tragedy. Uh, interesting story, though, just about how I think I, I can't remember if there was a movie about it or not. I know there's a movie called Mulholland Falls, and his had a hell of a fall from grace. It went from like being the most respected man in town to killing half the town. Jeez. Hey, well, the reason some that days story are better than others, my... right? I listened to a news story, like a like like a footage of a reporter like by the dam prepping emergency area, and he's like. Here, bubble. I forgot his name. I'm at the Oroville Dam prepping staging area, and experts say they have a very fluid situation. And I was like, "What the what? What? You're what is a, that? Yeah, dude. Is that? Are you allowed to do that? Is that somebody trying to be funny? That's some guy that goes. I do this every day. Okay, all day, every day. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying. Does that to be guy funny. get 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 the, the like the head 
news dude to like rip on a little bit. He's like, buddy, you're covering a damn <laughs> potential flood story, and you called it a very fluid situation. So Jesus. we have issues here. Hey, okay? man, I was watching Anchorman this weekend. We are making a bunch of recharge. I was stickering it and labeling it and whatnot, and uh, we just put some movies on. I mean, Pothead Assistant and Mrs. Real, and uh, Anchorman was on, and that sh- pro- proves to you that the news really doesn't have a shit together. You know, it's just a bunch of people saying shit. That's Before we move on, I'll say I do hope, hope – that dam does stay together, guys, because that is going to be uh, plenty of deaths and destruction. It'll be the biggest dam failure in our history, I believe. And that thing's 700 feet tall, bro. Jesus, so. man. All right, so uh, what you got? the other one real quick, because well, I know we're trying to do the shorter show, which will be hard to transition to, because <laughs> I got my favorite, one of my favorite breakfast burritos this morning. I, I get those to make me happy every other day, and I rotate between different places that I like to get them. And this place is called Chubby's. And I'm like, hmm, restaurant, mm. does that make you think it's going to be better? Does that entice you more if you didn't really know? If I said, hey, I'm going to get breakfast burritos from Chubby's. Dude, what if, you, what what if, if I... they're so good that when you eat it, you know, you eat that burrito and it moves, man. You're like, if I ate it every day, I'd probably be chubby. Yeah, but... you're like, oh, okay. I, was, okay, I was thinking of something different. But I, I debated. It's so good does... it gave you a chubby, you know? No, does uh, if what if they're named uh, like if I said I'm just asking I honestly know I thought about this man. man. If I said, hey man, I'm running, uh, I'm running up to Skinny's to get some burritos. Anybody in? Does that sound worse or better? Skinny's really doesn't sound. No, that sounds like I'm getting a taquito, man. (laughs) Okay, I was just checking. I just wanted to check on that because I didn't know in my head and it was bothering me. Yeah, you need to go to a place like Gordo's, man, or even we got a place called the Fat Shack around here, and I went to it. It was interesting. They're like, you want you want onion rings and uh, mozzarella sticks on your on your sandwich, man. It's like, <laughs> it's called a fat check, though. I guess they warn you. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> College town, man. Fuck yeah! All Show right, some love, so man. Show some love. Come on. Source man. vapes, guys. Source vapes. You know, none of those have exploded on us. And we discussed <laughs> that on uh, last this week in cannabis. Put some issues with vape pens and exploding batteries. And still, Scott thinks it's funny, and people are getting hurt. Damn it! Jeez, best commercial um, ever. So, guys, Source check out. I have, I have a couple. Scotty has a couple. I'm actually about to go pick up some. Uh, I think I'm gonna go live resin or something solventless for my source vape pen i have kicked the shatter habit i'm unimpressed um, officially so you just gave me a fucking awesome idea though i'll talk about it in a second so go over there site guys source vapes coupon code dude at checkout gives a little kickback to the show helps us pay the bills around here if you will um right now if you don't want us to ever do like npr i hate npr right now because for like the next two weeks trying to get people to donate because they're giving away a cruise and like they go off the air and i'm like damn it's part of my habit and that's they're like exactly you like it don't you so spend some money to help us you know they take away a lot of the programming and just talk about donating to help the cause but we won't take away our programming lame man. anyway what we you got, this. man? What's up? Yeah, man. You know, I'll give a little love to Spectrum King. I've been eyeing ever since I went to the show and saw how bright that 600 was. I kind of been scratching my head thinking about it, man. I have a little poster of one that I keep, the little little, little cut sheet, product cut sheet. But, uh, yeah, man, really quality company. I enjoyed hanging out with those guys a couple weeks ago. And, uh, man, they're throwing some big-time support uh, around the DGC Cup. So I know. Yeah, we're going to have an LED. I don't know which one we're going to have from them, but we're going to have a Spectrum King. Like I said, it, it might be a closet case, which there ain't nothing wrong with that. It might be a 600. I have no idea, but we are going to have an LED light to give away 
the DGC Cup. Yeah, definitely, man. So I'm looking forward to that. And they're just real cool guys. The first guys that came out with the bright white LED, uh, the guys that turned my head on LEDs. So uh, something really interesting there. Very cool, guys. Thanks, Spectrum King. Hell yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, they do have a coupon code as well when you're throwing down, which dude is Dude SK. SK. Yeah. They had to put their SK on it, man. It's all right. Dude SK over at Spectrum King. I think it's only a $900 plus, though, so go over and be a baller. Would you, you think are. that Brendan would do the same thing as everybody else over there? I'm just curious. We go, hey, everybody else does Dude. So what's Brendan at Spectrum King going to say? Give me Dude SK. Oh, man. yeah. He is not like no. everybody else, sir. Make no mistake no. about it. Hey, I got some love for an executive producer. First executive producer of the uh, the, the Wake and Bake show, the Daily Show. I'm giving it to Veg Scrog Bloom because he is absolutely a badass DGC member. By the way, uh, I talked to his wife, or he told me through his wife that uh, he told me that his wife did a great job while he had back surgery, had his plants come through with the help of the DGC. So that's, that's a really cool thing. Uh, and, man, he sent me over a bunch of really cool macro lenses, about a dozen macro lens that he, lenses for your camera that he asked me to throw in the Nug Vault. So look for those over the next couple what of days. What do you mean? What camera? It's like a little strap, uh, not st- like strap over, I don't know, clip on. A clip on, a strap on. It's a strap on lens, man. <laughs> it clips over your camera. And it's just like a little macro lens for... Uh, uh, for your phone camera. Yeah, yeah. Does okay, anybody gotcha. have any cool. other kind of camera anymore, man? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. I was like, maybe he's old school. But yeah, for your phone camera, yeah. All right. I got you. So before we get officially, even though we are bullshitting already with what's going on, who's got the dank nug, man? Who's got the dank nug today? Check this out. Go over and check out J.R. Token's Sunset Sherbert at the end of week seven. And that's the way a plant's supposed to look at week seven. I felt bad. See, man, you got to tell people how to check it out. Don't forget. Go on over to newsgrows.com and just, just check out the dank nugs. Dank nook section, top menu, easy to find, man. Perfect. Yes, sir. I didn't want to get lost in the navigation, but Sunset Sherbert. Yeah, beautiful. And like I said, this is the way a plant's supposed to look at week seven. Sometimes you, uh, I had to talk to a guy recently, and I felt bad because he was like, there's my plants at week five. And I was like, man, those plants don't look like they're supposed to look at week five. They look like week two. So... Yeah, beautiful plants, though, huh? Frosty. (laughs) Frosty. I named her Frosty. Hell yeah, man. Thanks, JR. You guys go throw some dank nugs in there, get picked out up on the show. You get yourself a thousand nugs, go spend in the vault. And what should they buy, Scotty? You know, if I was just about to come down with some of those <laughs> dank nugs, I think what I would check out would be them uh, them curing storage bags, those stealth storage bags, which is essentially I got like four or five different sizes of those gold foil-lined bags uh, that make them really smell-proof. Uh, they've got a good seal on the top to, to cure under and keep the moisture and the smell in. And I love them. It was something I stumbled upon back in the day. Uh, some people use them to put their product in. I, used to, I actually have some earthworm castings I put in there. Uh, so they're just good for about anything. But to keep the smell out and to keep light out. A lot of people don't know that uh, heat degrades THC, but light definitely degrades THC. So keep that out you know, once it's harvested, I should say. Word. Go see what's in the vault, guys. If you guys are logged in, make sure you're browsing around, getting those nugs, putting up memes. I believe there's still some can fans in there, Mammoth P. I don't know. There's all kinds of legit shit. It's just not. It's not like the treasure chest at the dentist. You know, it's good stuff. Uh, well, the treasure chest at the dentist made me happy, man. Yeah, it's a bunch of. It's as I say. I, I just ruin my kids sometimes. Can we go get something out of there? There's a treasure chest at the hair place I go to, and my kids get their hair cut at. 
Make sure if you want some plastic, plastic junk, junk, man. I knew you were going just there. Totally, to- totally uh, go off. <laughs> anyway, why don't you go whittle your something out of wood, there, Sonny? I'm gonna print out a picture of that plastic island in the ocean that I just whip out of my back pocket, unfold, and point at it. Right. And look at him, real evil, like right. Hey, people are eating I don't that have plastic. Anything now, plastic right? in my life, man. I'm plastic free. Believe it. No, <laughs> no, I don't. No, good. I'm bullshitting. All right, man. So then what's going on? What you got uh, yeah, going man. on in your biochar worm factory? I'll try to keep it brief if we're going to be uh, you know, doing this every day. I'll try to keep it brief. I don't want, I don't want the dude to get bored of me now. But, uh, you know, man, I was mix- Scotty's going to try and keep it brief. I was mixing That's up. That's what he said, guys. Yeah, last words. Mixing up some biochar and castings this week. Did like a 70% biochar and 30% castings blend. I just happened to, with some of the contacts I have, I have a really good uh, Earthworms castings contact. A guy that's feeding them minerals and he's feeding them uh uh, thermophilic compost is what he's feeding them, and I thermophilic. I gotta get it, it means heat. You know, you're done with heat. But um, I gotta get him on to explain. Somehow he's getting minerals in there. I'm not really sure. I'm understanding how that works. So I've got to get him on to explain that. Uh, and and then we're uh, you've got a great biochar guy that's right here in Colorado. It's really making a difference. He's uh, doing a lot of bioremediation work, and biochar is like it can be used as a filter too. So they're uh, using it to filter out all sorts of uh, contaminants and whatnot he's working in the everglades really cool guy um so uh i just kind of like reese's peanut butter cup man your chocolate and my peanut butter i put them together uh letting the microbes from the earthworm castings go into the biochar there's all sorts of label carbon in there for them to use and uh that makes just a great home for them so i'm just kind of trying to play with the mix right now and i am going to put this stuff on the nug vault uh in the nug vault rather so that the dgc can kind of innovate and experiment with me and and uh Kind of, I'll, I'll share my knowledge, go right along with it, and uh, and let, let's you know figure it all out together. But it seems like pretty interesting stuff. I think that I know that the amount of of uh, water and air, air while it's dry and water while it's uh, while it's wet, that biochar can hold is really cool. It's just got so many pores in it, uh, so much surface area. So yeah, really interesting stuff. Can't wait to start playing with it. Playing with it, yeah. I would man. like a. I have some of my notes in bed, by the way. A top dress that involves, you know me, I, I like the I like the, the top dress. But uh, char, you need to get in there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like you're not going to be nearly as advantageous with a biochar top dress versus you know, mixing it in your rhizosphere. Yeah, I agree, man. I would mix it in there, definitely. But yeah, I, got, I think I got cool. right around, I can't remember, I think it's right around 10% biochar uh, in, in my no-till bed. And, man, that thing is killing it. I tell you, I'm going to click the lights back. I think I'm going to take my little Dewey Mister cloner out, uh, cut myself a few clones, get them going, and uh, and then click the lights back and and get that uh, uh, that no-till bed flowering. I just kind of realized that I'm not going to have an, enough, or I'm not going to have anything for the DGC cup. The DGC cup is what, you know, sixty basically sixty days, somewhere around sixty days from now. Mm-hmm. Shit, even if I click back today, yeah. Even if I click back today, what am I going to be able to do? Maybe squeeze some some live rosin, man. It is speaking. You're not doing anything then in your no-till. You're still ball playing water just off the tap, city water, basically? Uh, yeah, city water. Yeah. Uh, I wonder. Yeah, it is city water here. It is city water. Uh, yep, right yep, on. just city water out of the tap. And uh, nope, nothing else, man. Word. 
Good to hear. We'll see. Aren't you tempted? You like look at a bottle of enzymes and you're like, oh, I should just put a little in. I don't. I do that on the other stuff. <clears throat> I'll put that in on the. Like I said, I'm using the RX Green Solutions. Just bloom A and or grow A and B on the other one, and that looks good. That side looks good as well on my heavy buckets. Yeah. Yep. So I can I can right. play with bottles if I want to, but no, I don't really have any. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I really should recharge it. I think what I'll do is recharge it tonight. Give him a nice heavy dose of recharge. But aside from that, I'm not messing with it, man. Well, you have, didn't you say, so when when are you going to 12-12? You haven't even gone to flowering yet nope. in there. Nope. So, so, and it's February 14th. You're definitely not going to have anything for the cup unless we're pressing fresh rocks. That's what I'm thinking. That's about the, it it just came to me last night, man. I didn't even think about it till last night. But... You know, so we'll see what happens, man. Check it out. Yeah, maybe I can press some fresh rosin for sure. I did talk, guys, for the, the Cups April 14th, no, 15th, Saturday. Um, cultivated Synergy in Denver. I'm going to meet with them tomorrow. We're going to have some ticketing soon. We'll have two ticket levels probably. Everything's subject to change, but we're trying to keep it simple. Just a general admission. Come hang out. Judges Pass would be the next level where you can sample whatever the hell you want on flour. It's just a flour cup. Um, maybe we'll have concentrates next year as well. There's going to be plenty of dope prizes, um, like we said before, some light, a light from Spectrum King. Yep. Trying to get uh, the Hordelux guys to give up some goodies, man. I want them to show off that ceramic metal halide. I want to actually – Mammoth P will be in-house. We're definitely going to be giving away some decent sizes of Mammoth P as prizes. Uh, we might try and get another LED light. I have an awesome bong from Paul, Mary Glassworks. Beautiful. Brand new bong. That is, I don't even know how to describe it because, like, I'm not proper, like, say, oh, it's this, the, if I knew how to describe it, I could probably talk for the next two minutes about its features and perks, three perks and chambers, and but that's going to be there. Um, press and rosin, we're going to be, you guys can even bring in, if you guys got some you want to press, uh, Dax Tractor is going to be there. Check him out, D-A-X, you- Dax Tractor. Um, working, man. Just we're gonna be pressing fresh dabs out and shit, solventless. That's the way I'm hitting it. So yeah. it's gonna be awesome. More info coming all the time, guys. Can you Every press out my DVC cup entry, please, sir. Yes. Yes. Uh, what else you got, man? I see you got a note about uh, oh yeah, RX Green, and they're I, I actually got them on the horn. But what were you checking? You out? know, I just wanted to give it up. Remember, uh, we had that. Uh, we we're talking about. Uh, Jeez, what, what do we call it again? Nutrient antagonism. And that's what I Googled. I was just had to find it. But uh, Mizza Mike was the guy that actually hooked us up with this. Uh, he's a part of the uh, Dude Grows crew over on Google+. And Mizza Mike, thanks for bringing this to my attention. This was really interesting. This is this, uh, uh, you can just Google nutrient antagonism from RX Green Solutions. And that's what I like about these guys. They actually are doing the science. So, it's a lot of, it says too much of a good thing is how it starts out. There is such thing of too much of a good thing. Like I said, even sunshine burns if you get too much. Right, dude? Oh, of course. I mean, one of the two, probably top two for newer growers is overwatering and overfeeding. Yeah, and that's the truth, man. And, uh, but I love how they call that. Yeah, too uh, much eating and too much drinking ain't no good for nobody, brother. So check that out, man. It's, I haven't even read it yet. Guys, this is the type of stuff I print out old school because I get tired of looking at screens. I had another one on the show notes here because I called them. I don't think I uh, reported back to the DGC on this. And I said, what's up with your bases? I'm getting ready to water in. It says on the feed chart, anywhere if the, the pH is anywhere between 3 and 6, don't add any pH up and down. Just between 3 and 6, water it in. I'm like, man, I that... 
it's hard for me to believe. That's all I'm saying. He's like, you know what? Let me send you the white paper, our lead scientists, the trials and the research shit we did. And I was like, okay, bam. And he did. He sent it right over. Um, it's in the show notes here, guys. And very cool. Like just explaining, like they did trials at pH. What was it? Like four. four I mean, dude, look at the one. You can scroll down a little bit and look. There's a red versus blue here. Okay, they're beautiful white pearly roots. It was definitely grown in some kind of a hydroponic system with clay, you know, clay pebbles and all that. Um, and you can see that these awesome roots. The red one was uh, watered in, had a plant pH of four point four. The blue had 5.8. The, the red's a denser plant, definitely, man, um, with this, a very similar root system, if not a stronger root system. So pretty interesting stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Check it out, guys. Uh, very interesting as well. They got a picture of the facility I think we toured. Because this shit, when we went out and uh, met them, it was at like a 60 lighter, and it was really cool to see what they were doing. And uh, Leandro, a lead grower it's not with them anymore, was like, yeah, man, I'm watering this shit in this low. And... I'm down, man. I'm down if you're running it to have their own specific things. And uh, yeah. I had to understand, man. I was just like, I don't water anything in. That's like, if it's 3.5, I ain't watering that in. They're like, no, you water that in. If you got your A and B from us, it's specifically, I know we've heard this from another company that has tainted my brain, but specifically designed for for the cannabis grows that we're growing. So I dig, I dig. Yeah, here are changes right. in rhizosphere pH are associated with different anon and cation uptake. Uh, thus, pH at the plant rhizosphere is constantly changing. And this means that's what this, this nutrient antagonism uh, thing is talking about. Different nutrients have different uh, uh, ions, I guess. And, uh, dude, I'm not a chemist. I'm, I should get Guru to really explain this to me. And when you put two of them together, it, uh, they antagonize each other. You know, and they, it actually can, that's where that whole lockout thing comes from. So, uh, yeah, really interesting. Antagonize each other. Yeah, like nut- nitrogen uh, looks like it affects potassium and calcium. Sometimes my wife says that. <laughs> but what it is is I guess the pH is like the power of hydrogen or something like that, but it's like the free hydrogen ions or something. You know, I, like I said, I, I really do yeah. have someone who actually studied this shit in college to, to explain it to me. But as the nutrients are being uptaken in the rhizosphere, that's changing. You know, the plants are taking things and it's making uh, spots available. And, uh, you know, so, it, so it's changing the, you know, the ions, I guess, the, what do they call the, the number of hydrogen ions in, in, the, uh, in the rhizosphere. So all that stuff makes a difference. It just makes sense why you pour something in it. Why, why when I'm working on my commercial ag field, they really don't give a shit what, what pH I'm pouring it in at. You know, they're all working in the soil to have this, you know, the pH be regulated in the soil. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I've always, I'm that grower that's been trained, but uh, like brain stamped. Yeah, by general hypothesis. But right? I'm understanding. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> uh, no, just growers, grower mentors and whatnot. Right. So before we get into a little bit of news, man, you got a, uh, what's going on in the members area over there? I know, I think we mentioned this before, but it's a good refresher on the uh, video breakdowns, that Minnesota Nice one. Yeah, man. If you guys don't know, that was part of the, uh, it was a cool dude to watch with some no-till inspiration, even though I haven't got to no-till yet. Don't know when I will get to the no-till, but uh, I'm going to start being like Jesse Jackson up in here and just rhyming the shit <laughs> Yeah, but that guy but, was cool, man. He was the one that, that really inspired me to, to give it a try. And uh, you brought him to us, actually, dude. I remember that you were telling me uh, there's this guy that's not even removing his root No, balls. I think it might have been 
shit. My, I don't know if it was Straight Nugs. Somebody in the DGC. Okay, man. Well, it's a chain. Hey, check out this video. So, yeah, it was, it was really cool to uh, kind of see what he was doing. And now I'm giving it a shot. And, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it, too. So, uh, yeah, this video guys, is like an hour long. Uh, if you go over to the member section, you can kind of check it out and see that. Uh, no, we just kind of went through it. It probably took us an hour to go through it, but we all discussed it and kind of pulled out all, all the things that we thought were really important to us and, and, and discussed the, the, the most relevant aspects of it. And that's what those video breakdowns are all about, man, just kind of hanging out with some of the more experienced. Uh, who do we have? JR Token and Grow Guru on that one. And just kind of really mm-hmm. understanding the why of, of of what they're doing. It's like hanging out with your friends watching a video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that, man? We're going to show them the bottom of the Redwood Forest floor right here. That's what we strive to create in our pot. It's shit's moving. Is the Redwood Forest. That's where the biggest trees are grown on the planet, the most fertile plants come out of the redwood forest how much it's moving and that's because it's alive and we keep our soil just in immaculate shape to this support is the, the life of these bugs third run on this dirt you said third run and this the same th- bugs worms have been here for three times now three times now i introduced the worms i've introduced uh, uh some different larvae and stuff inside my dirt there to to help like break down the topsoil basically and yeah. uh, feed the plant. So it's interesting, it's man. Something's here. going right create, there. Uh, we Gnome seems happy, still smiling. To create that compost. Yeah, the soil does look good. Plant because that last plant that grew took all those nutrients and all that energy to produce that leaf so therefore those nutrients are harnessed and stored so so you just take your leaves off when you we clean just them take and our leaves off and remulch them and compost them and you just let put my them, worms eat them you just put them right back underneath this little layer yeah we put a mulch layer on there and uh that really keeps things alive i mean uh it allows the worms to work the top two or three inches of my containers and and just Simulate the redwood. Yeah, I think that's important 100%. too, especially if you're not going to have a cover crop. I mean, look at everything. Yeah, but where's the bloom boosters? <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Hey, this guy's using gypsum to break up some of the. You know, I, actually, let's find out what he's using gypsum for. I think it's to keep the uh, soil nice and loamy. But check that out really quick, man. He says, leaving in the roots, and then he does a gypsum top dress. So let's check that out real quick. I love it. This is my personal medical garden. It gets me what I need. The and dirt is so soft. That's what it's all about. My dirt never tightens up. I uh, I do use gypsum as a top dress inside my containers, and that keeps it very loam and really loose and fluffy. Yeah. Kind of interesting, man. And their fabric pots, too. Better for the roots and everything. Abercots, yep. Hmm. Hey, you know what? Pop up I'll the next one. I think he goes to his soil mesk. mix. Let's see what Homeboy does for his soil. Does he explain it? Let's see. Let's see how organic the soil is, man. 
that are harmful to us. Yeah. We love our bugs that are in our dirt. That's what everything is about here is our bugs, the worms, the soil life is just thriving. Looking good. All right, man. Let's see here. What you, what what you, you got, got going on in one of these uh, news stories? Yeah, man. I figured, here, I'll hit one. I figured we would try Let to figure hit. out, uh, do, a, do a little news of anything we saw. Every morning I wake up, always find some kind of story that's interesting. So come on, man. If, I want to give a cool news story. Yeah, what you got? The Men's Warehouse founder, George Zimmerman. You know Zimmer. George Zimmer. Because... George Zimmer, yeah. yeah. Zimmerman, I guess I'm tainted by the media in that screwball in Florida or wherever he was from. Oh, with the gun. man. Um, oh, man. But, you know, Scotty, you're going to look good. <laughs> I guarantee it. He guarantees so, it. If not, I'll get you Irie in the back, man. George Zimmer, 68-year-old serial entrepreneur. I love when your title, what did you, you're called a serial entrepreneur. I think I could be <laughs> called a serial entrepreneur at this point, man. Yes. He was fired from Men's Warehouse, the company he founded 40 years earlier. He was fired in 2013 over differences with the company's board. And I don't know what those differences exactly were. They don't get into that. Uh, they wanted to make but, cheap um, shit, and he wanted to keep quality. Hmm? Could be part of it. Yeah, he said he was disagreeing in the direction they wanted to go, which is pretty vague. But uh, we could use what you said. Um, let's see here. We go. Uh, let's make it a quote like a from topic kind of place, man. You know. We think he goes, you know, back. one of the very small reasons, and I say small, would be that I tended to be kind of a renegade or somebody who said that he thought Zimmer told Business Insider about his firing. That made the board of directors increasingly uncomfortable. All right, I wanted to go on what was cool about this article because he donated 50K in 2010 to uh, the California ballot initiative that would have legalized marijuana. He admitted that he's been smoking weed every day. I believe since the '60s. All right. Um, yeah, which is just to go to show, man. Look at me. How are you going to stereotype me? He said he came out because he was tired of how you know he's like I'm going to try and help this out, try and get into some marijuana activism because of. Uh, he said he smoked weed the first time while attending Washington U in St. Louis. Interesting in the '60s. First, um, first you get the money, then you get the power, and then you talk about that you smoke weed. Dude, he told Inc. Magazine in 2016. <laughs> <Scarface> <laughs> he told Inc. Magazine in 2016 that he used to inhale anything that combusts. Whoa! <laughs> and now, and one smoked six joints in an hour with spiritual icon Ram Dass, who I don't know, looked up, but didn't have enough time to read about. Wow, uh, sounds fun. But yeah, it sounds cool great. stuff. I mean, that's, used marijuana through the years, out, dude. Man. Is it that? Weaned, weaned himself off alcohol, I have to tell you. Another one. He said it's been 35 years he's a recovering alcoholic and he credits cannabis. As well as when he got fired from the board, he's like, I think I credit cannabis for helping me through that one too. Right? So cool cat, man. And if you look at a picture of this guy, George Zimmer, or have heard him or seen him on a commercial or realize how successful it is, there's no stereotype. People, give me a break. Yep. I couldn't agree with you more. Anyway, what you got? What you got? Uh, I don't. Oh, oh, okay. My news stories, man. Well, this one was just something. It's pretty alarming. Uh, this one is from Fox Business, which is, I don't know. I don't think that's the most progressive place in the world. And it says, uh-oh, marijuana prices are plunging and you're not going to be happy with the reasons why. 
You know, and it's just because hmm. there's huge producers coming out. It says, as Forbes reported last week, and Forbes, okay, that's legitimate business as well. I just love that Fox Business has a title that says, uh-oh, marijuana prices are plunging. Dude, Forbes is anyway. talking about it, man. I mean, so this is crazy. Wholesale so marijuana prices are plunging in legal marijuana markets, according to Canisaver CEO Brian Shapiro. Uh, it says... Uh, Canada Saver CEO, uh, wholesale prices plummeted 60% in 2006 from 2,500 per pound to just 1,000. Dude, $1,000 pounds. That's hurt. That, that hurts, man. Those are reg prices there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. In Washington State, the decline in marijuana prices was even more pronounced, albeit over a long time frame. I, I don't know, man. This is... What prices are they talking? Are they talking commercial? Yeah. yeah. Are they talking like. So you're talking commercial, I have a dispensary license, I want to buy some wholesale poundage. Yeah, they're talking there's huge, huge guys are coming in. And they're saying, like, the, the state governments are kind of concerned because they're fucking, think about that. That's like 60% less tax revenue for them. Oh, no. I mean, I get it. Just, yeah, it's just all corrupt, man. It hurts my brain well, when it's like that's, we're upset because we won't make as much money off of it. No, because it's a business, Whatever. though. You have to stay in business. You know, you can't. It can't be some shitty minimum wage business that everybody's miserable in. You know what? What did you do then? You know, we've got this beautiful plant. And it could be this wonderful. You know, this this nice opportunity for everyone to have good livings and good jobs. If it's a race to the bottom because big business comes in, they take all the profit out of it and they just scale up to where nobody else can compete. Um, here it just says right here, big businesses don't have this problem. You know, it says the situation leaves. Hang on here. It's not a fair fight because the federal government maintains a Schedule One status on marijuana, signifying that it has no medicinal benefit, and thus illegal pot businesses are often unable to gain access to basic banking services such as checking accounts or lines of credit. This situation leaves many smaller dispensaries and grow farms to solely deal with cash, which is both a security risk and inhibitor of growth. Says big businesses don't have this problem. They've got deep pockets and can survive pushing wholesale prices and margins significantly lower to drive out their competition. If there are a few small business growers, then the remaining big business can throttle back production and eventually raise their prices. And it has everything to do with the next article, which I've seen this, man. Um, the, the the next article is about from a thing called Mary Jane. Well, hold up. There's right. going to be room for. I mean, it, it, we've already said where I think exactly that that's going. Of course, there's going to be massive business, and, and I hate all the analogies that people do. Some work, some don't. But I, I could not imagine here in Colorado. I've said this, but I'll say it again. I can go buy almost an eleven dollar. If you want to go crazy with it. Like $14, six-pack of craft beer. Typically, though, they're around 9 to $10 for a six-pack Colorado-brewed craft beer. Right. Or I can buy some Bush or Budweiser for 5 bucks. It's also, actually, Colorado-brewed more than likely with AB up in Fort Collins. Sure. And so you're going to have, with cannabis, the mass, the big brands, and the half a lot less expensive. Then you're going to have the craft cannabis. like the, That's what I'm saying with craft brews. And you're going to have enough room there for... Not everybody, but different growers to be in that. And then you'll have like the, I don't know, vineyard, I don't know, real smaller. And then after that, it's home growers. And it will kind of look like, I believe, big alcohol, craft brewers, micro brewers, um, et cetera. Especially if they start to allow on-site consumption for people to open up their own little that's like at the smallest end of the spectrum. Yeah. I grow everything here. You can smoke it here and you can buy it here. My product never leaves a property. 
um, on the smallest end. Maybe it will, but, and maybe it will be more like eyeglasses. You ever hear of a company called Luxottica? No, sir. Luxottica owns 80% of the eyeglass, uh, you know, the, the places that actually grind the lenses for you, um, the frames manufacturers, the places where you go to get your, you know, the vision works in those kind of places, and they own every brand. They're the guys that, remember, I don't know, when I was a kid, Oak, or I'm sorry, not Oakley's, uh, Ray-Bans were $30 glasses you could buy at the, at the department store. You know, Wayfarers were thirty bucks, or the Aviators were thirty bucks, and you could buy them, and it was like the you know an okay you know sunglasses. Um, Luxottica purchased them in the late nineties, raised the price four hundred percent, and the CEO comes out and just goes, "Hey, people will pay what they will pay." You know what the, he, he said? People will pay what they're worth. You know, I guess people think that they're worth one hundred and twenty dollars. You raise the price four hundred percent, man. Um, and what happens is, if you don't want to play ball with these guys, like I'm thinking, I'm not. I'm not there's a, and those were for prescription eyeglasses, prescription eyeglasses, sunglasses. But yes, yeah, specifically prescription eyeglasses because that's something that's a. You know, I don't call it a medical necessity, but kind of you need them to see. You know, without glasses, you're kind of screwed. The glasses have gone up 400%. The, the cost of glasses has gone up 400%. And that's because this company will come in and buy you. What they'll do is, so it happened with Oakley. They tried to buy Oakley. Oakley said, no, we don't want to sell to you guys. All right. Well, we own every single distributor out there. We own every single retail outlet out there. Every single eye doctor has to play ball with us. So guess what's not in the catalog anymore? If anybody uh, plays ball, if we see Oakley's at your store, you guys are cut off, man. Your business is dead. So, therefore, they just cut Oakley off. Oakley can't make any sales now. What happens to Oakley stock? It drops down into the toilet. They can't sell for the life of them. What happens, uh, what happens then? Luxottica comes in, buys all the stock, and now they own Oakley. Hostile takeover, baby. You know, it's, it's such bullshit, man. And it's, it's a true monopoly. Luxottica isn't an American company, so they're not under the monopolization rules, I guess. I don't know how it works. But it's insane, and yeah. I'm looking at this next article card called "Is the Hawthorne Gardening Company a wolf's in, a wolf in sheep's clothing for the cannabis industry?" A company like Hawthorne comes in that does do business with Monsanto. I used to think you know they're not owned by Monsanto, but they're definitely in bed with them. That's Scott's, you know, that's the son from Scott's Miracle Grow. You know, so Scott's came in and uh, started this subsidiary, and they're buying people up. They're buying Botanicare up. They're buying Gavi up they're buying general hydroponics up you know all of a sudden you don't want to sell them who's to say that they don't get a hydro farm soon if they get hydro farm fuck what are you gonna do man you know what i'm saying hydro farm's a big distributor you know, I, I, I yeah can see i see how it would work the same way yeah i hear you i mean I don't have I don't have the crystal ball, just the eight ball, just the eight. I ball can tell you that question. you know I have a brother that's in you know his favorite movie is the first Wall Street. You know what I mean? And he's in in he used to do acquisitions. Now he's in tax law, but he knows how this shit works. And if you have a company that has opportunity and somebody wants it and has a lot of value to it, um, there's all sorts of dirty tricks that people can do to lower temporary lower the value. Same with the cannabis that we were talking about. Dude, one of my favorite businessmen. Is Mr. Burns? <laughs> so I totally understand what, you, what, you, well, what you're talking about. Just think about it, man. If you're, a, you know, if you're a small <laughs> commercial grower that's that's got a hundred lights and is doing a great job, and uh, you know, a big, you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand light conglomerate wants to buy you up, well, they could lower the price. 
you know, keep the price lower, especially you know, where you're at or even if there's distributors that you all work with. You know, I'm talking with cannabis. Make it so that you can't like, weather the storm of $1,000 pounds. And then you've heard me, if you're a small commercial grower with 100 lights, have fun while you can and try and make some monies. I don't even really. 100 lights is a lot to manage. I mean, goes by. 100 lights is a five-person business. I don't want to run any more than a five-person business, you know? Yeah. So now you're saying yeah. that I have to have big, big business, you know, being big business. I got to have the uniform company coming every two weeks, man. Is that taken out of my paycheck, bro? <laughs> you know, that's what I don't want to be. Cannabis comes from massive climate controlled greenhouses on acreage. And then some other percentage of cannabis comes from small, potentially front shops. You know, you know, my 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 uh, which I don't want to spend any time running my little dream of uh, the Dude Grows Show Cafe, man, where we got the greenhouses on the roof. Uh, it sounds and good. The cannabis comes right down. And instead of stairs, we have a pole like a fire pole from the roof down into the the bar area and you got to slide down that pole with fresh yes. cannabis like you just cut it and you're like, whoop and you know what i mean yeah, anyway super high and slide down the pole from the second floor man i will get i will i will try to get higher and then ponder <laughs> what you have said about the dark future of cannabis with Not the Hawthorne the Group future. and accusations. We have, to, we have to be aware and vigilant. All right? The reason I told that Luxottica story is so we know how it works. And if you see something like that happening, man, you know, you, there's... Yeah, shit, I don't know what we could do. Find somebody smarter than me and ask them what to do, okay? <laughs> you know, I imagine politically, though, that's where that antitrust and monopoly laws come in. And, you know, I don't know why nobody gives a shit enough to say anything about it in... Uh, in America, you know, it's it's pretty crazy that everybody's just fine with paying all that money for eyeglasses. But we'll see when when we when cannabis goes up four hundred percent, we'll revolt in the streets, man. Well, before we go to break, sir, yes, sir, and you're revolting. <laughs> grow some recharge love, man. Who you got some recharge love? You to? know what? I want to give some recharge love. I'm going <laughs> going back to uh, to first here, man. And the first guy to ever say, "Yeah, I'll try that recharge stuff in my store," was a guy up in Michigan, Walt Holm from Holmes Hydroponics. One of the first guys to believe in me and to believe in the product. What part of Michigan? Oh man, cow, cow, blah, cow. K A W K A W Lynn. Dude, you don't know how to Ca- do it, dude. It's Cocklin. 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 There you, you know? go. I don't know, Ca-caw. man. But he's up in Michigan, all right? All right. Let's take a quick break, guys. Check it all out at dogrows.com. We'll be back with uh, Grow Talk, man. Some Grow Talk up on the show. And I uh, hope you're enjoying the daily show. Actually, I can't keep saying that. I just feel cool. <laughs> Wake and bake, man. Wake and bake, America. You better be high right there now. There you go, man. All right. Fellow bakers, I think it's time we change these laws. They're from another time and they're sure outdated. They're doing it in LA as legal medicine, we say. Had to partner with the government to give them their payday. That's why I say we all need to grow our own private stash. Keep our medicine totally private And tell the G-Men stay out of my body And oh, you gotta let me grow 
my meds I'm making well I only wish the lawman would get baked as hell And come up with a deal Cause prohibition's gotta be repealed It's up to you to change these laws Yeah, they say the talk is cheap and overrated But change starts with today And prohibition's not okay So get your friends and neighbors out to vote and change it That's why I say we all need to grow our own private stash to keep our medicine totally private and tell the G-Man stay out of my body and oh gotta let me grow my meds I make them well I only wish the lawman would get baked as hell and come up with a deal cause prohibition's gotta be repealed All right, so we got to do. You doing anything in your grow? You kind of just talked about your no till. Yeah. So I want to talk about cloning first because I got my clones. I have four plants and one gals, um, three lemon G's, and I'm stoked on the Harlequin. First time ever. And uh, basically going to. Got my, I got my little surgery center set up man my incubator i put my green pad jr up in there UD. and i basically basically if you guys have heard me talk on the show before that's really you replace them like once every three days day and a half it keeps your co2 like up almost to a thousand or above and i measured that shit so really helps take the stress off the cuts i did one thing different this time that i didn't do in the past two times i was talking on the phone i'm like man i need i have four cuts because i wanted to take the tops right off these guys like that's a pretty prime cut spot if you can just top your plant and it's not too i don't want to say woody but it's a really it's a shoot that's what will take off easily in the clones i gave them a plain watering that big top that big juicy top i find it too big uh, and these it wasn't. These plants were about a foot and a half tall in a one gal, so it was fine. It wasn't too like yeah, you know, that's thickened I was, out yet. Yeah, like think about just uh, the amount of water that's involved to, to you know if you taking like your biggest giantest uh, giantest is that a word? But you know the the giantest <laughs> a top though, man. It takes a lot to su- of water to support those giant leaves and whatnot. So. So before I took my cuts, I'll go through the process real quick. Yeah, sure. I watered the plants in. Pretty heavy with just plain, actually I used plain water and canazyme. So just an enzyme watering. And then like I let that soak up and like four hours later, I watered them in again. Like real heavy to heavy runoff. Idea, I want these plants as hydrated as possible before I literally cut part of their body off. (laughs) Right. And then I went, before I took the cut, I went and trimmed away I trimmed back the big fan leaves, actually, where the cut's going to be, and then I trimmed down the lower. I, like, basically prepped my cut. So after I cut it, I cut it with the um, the scissors first, uh, rubbed with an alcohol pad about, you know, just a little longer than I need it, and I put it right in to my Life Cloning Solution cup. And then I did that with the other ones. So they're going to sit. I had them sit in that cloning solution for, like, four hours. They had, you know, they're sucking up that. They're sucking up the juice right from being cut uh, trans 
locating. I don't know what the hell the name is for them. Like they have the natural pull. Sure. I remember like when you'd put dye in celery water and you'd see like the dye going up the celery, yes. you know? So I'm picturing them, they're pulling up that, the cloning solution and everything and as well, hydrating the cut. And then I sprayed them down the thing. I did different with a decent neem, not even Azimax, but neem oil. I coated the top surfaces of the leaves. Oh, like a cloning to be wax an anti- type of thing, man? Yeah, they have anti-wilts a product, but I've done this. I just kind of like the anti, uh, an anti-wilt to prevent transpiration out the, the sure, leaf. Sure, that makes sense. Now, I don't know. Somebody could t- tell me if the leaves transpire out the top and the bottom. I know the stomatos are on the bottom, um, but when I do this, I totally – I went down there this morning – zero drop usually there's a little drop meaning they're wilting down just a little because i had slept through the night and i didn't have time to wake up or i don't care to you know wake up in the middle of the night and spray Mm -hmm. them at this really sensitive time but they're perfect man freaking perfect so i need all four to take i'm hoping uh i'll have total success uh and i'm putting them in um peat guys like a compressed peat cube from uh jiffy products that i had on hand it's the same shit that you would get in uh like uh, from Hydro Farm or Excel Root Bags. Yeah, little pellets. Like compressed, I think they're cocoa and peat. No, they're not the pellets. They're actually already formed oh, okay. like into cubes or whatever. But that's what I was doing with the uh, the uh, the cloning. You were cloning. Now you're going to clone in a Dewey Mister? I'm going to play around with the Dewey Mister. I'm going to pl- try it, and then I'll just do my own classic way as well. We'll see what happens. So you have the mini one, like the little it holds maybe a gallon of water or something? Uh, yeah, a two-gallon. It's a little two-gallon bucket with one Dewey Mister in, in the middle. I think it's a 14-cell cloning chamber, so it looks good. Okay. And then uh, that's because – well, your shit's tall enough now to clone because you're oh, going to take some before you yeah. go to 12-12. Yeah, it's huge. I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm like, I remember why I don't go to 12-12 and why I don't clone is because once I do that, I don't have separate veg and flowering anymore. I just get that one little simple grow tent I'm playing with, so – Guess I'll maybe have to go out and buy another gorilla grow tent or something. I don't know. A little veg, another five by nine or something. All right. See, I've never ran that cloner. You don't know if you've ever ran a Dewey Mister. Yeah, cloner, I actually so have. Have to report back on. Yeah, that. I have. Uh, as long as you get the, it's one of those things you can't put them in a piss hot room. You know, if the room's too hot, it's it's not magic. But yeah, if you put what temperature is piss hot? Oh, I don't. I don't piss <laughs> hot. <man>. Anything <laughs> in the high eighties, I don't. I don't think it's good to clone. But yeah, just in normal temperatures, the thing does fine. Cool, cool. Well, um, yeah, that's it. But I won't say that's it that's going on in my grow. There's plenty of other things going on, but uh, hey, you're there's always to tomorrow. Daily bro. Now. <laughs> I hear you. There's always tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, let's do it. Some grow talk, man. For... Yeah, let's hit the grow talk up. That's my favorite part of the show. I know it. I know it, man. Cool. A little, little quick grow talk to get the, the morning going. You want to start with a curious quick. question? We'll just a curious question uh, by Jinx. Let's see here. What you got? Let's see here. Uh, number nine. Number nine. Curious question. Yeah, you can handle this because I don't know. Um, sorry, it wasn't it wasn't prepped. Internet is up. Here we go. Jinx at no at Jinx thirteen thirty eight. No, is that is that again? That's because that's what he is on Instagram. That's what that designates when you put an at. I always thought that was Twitter, but I don't know, man. Like the other day, you put hashtag love to text. Like, what the hell does hashtag need to be in front of that? Because I wanted to say something to... all in one. It doesn't. It totally didn't. It was just being a goofball. Anyway, reinventing the human language. <laughs> English. All right. Uh, has anyone experimented with the outcome of crossbreeding? Mm, I can answer that no. Um, by blending flower or 
concentrate in different ratios to compare the final product of the actual cross. So I guess he's saying by blending flour so means they're saying it's like, like a you're seven, blending flour genetics. If they're saying it's 70 percent, uh, you know, it's like, a, oh, it's a cross between sour diesel and pineapple kush. You're like, oh, it's a 70-30 cross. Okay, so let me take 70% sour diesel. So he's not talking about actual breeding with plants. No, he's, he's, talking, ta- about he's talking about flour. taking flour. Okay, okay. So, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so no, you, that's not going to be the way it works. You know, how, how it works is there's dominant and recessive traits in plants. So, when it, you know, you can mix the end flowers together and get something that, hey, I can taste the pineapple kush. Just like, you know, I don't know. If it was already, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you know, if you're making a mixed drink, you know, I can taste the, you know, I can taste the strawberry, you know, I can taste the mint, you know, you can take mix them together and you'd be able to taste the two, you know, the the two flavors. But if you're talking about for breeding purposes, breeding per, breeding has to do with dominant and recessive traits, and it's really not hard to understand this. I think I learned it in tenth grade biology class, and I remember the basics of it. I put up a video and I asked Guru to go and explain this to us a little bit later because um, he just got out of college. He knows all this stuff, but it's really kind of it starts out simple anyway, where you have basically like a. a four positions and you have dominant and recessive traits. So the easiest way to understand it is like brown eyes and blue eyes, you know, and you can kind of by, by doing this simple math, you can figure out what your percentage is that, you know, like for parents, you know, if one guy has brown, if one person has brown eyes, the other person has blue eyes, you can figure out what's Mm -hmm. dominant and recessive and figure out what the probability is that one of those traits is going to show up. Um, same thing with when you're breeding, you can be like, all right, well, here's the, what you're kind of, I don't know if people really figure this out or just sling shit against the wall, but you're, uh, basically taking, you know, two traits and you're saying, okay, well, I hope I get the dominant trait out of this one. If not, maybe I'll find two recessive traits and that'll make a dominant trait. And you just kind of hope, I think most cannabis guys are hoping for the best where they're saying, oh man, it'd be great. I'm going to keep on breeding these till I get the smell of the flower of, of the sour diesel, you know, that diesel smell or that diesel taste with uh, the short flowering time of this, this ice that I have, you know, this ice mother. You know, so I think that's kind of, and sometimes they'll do three-way and four-way crosses just to see what, what they get. But the idea is to kind of get things with specific genetics that you want and then try to cross different phenotypes of them, trying to get the, the right dominant and recessive traits to go. And each seed is its own cross of, of dominant recessive traits. So each seed, you know, I guess there's phenotypes and whatnot, but you got a, a new chance every time to, uh, you know, to, to, to get something new and unique. Does that make sense? Interesting. Interesting. It does. Yeah. So I just put this simple video up in five minutes or less. If you go watch a YouTube video, so it's so nice about the world today. You can have a college professor teach you uh, how, how to write or draw a pundit square or just, just even how to understand one and just how to understand what, what dominant and recessive traits are. Two recessives can, can be the dominant. And uh, once you figure that out, it's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever have. I won't say time. We'll yeah, see. No, no, you're busy, man. Full, you're busy. With full breeding. You've got to count, count the teeth on your mountain bike sprocket, man. No, I just <laughs> try to have a mechanic take care of that. I don't got time for that <laughs> I'm either. I'm just fucking with you, man. I just can't. You know. All right. More CalMag uh, by Michigan Matt. No, it's not more CalMag, dude. It's more Cowbell. <laughs> more Cowbell. So, hello, dude and Scotty Guru in the DGC. Much appreciated for all the love. Glad to be a part of the community. 
I'm glad you're part of it, yeah. Michigan the Mets, and appreciate all the feedback and ability to have a question answered in the blink of an eye. Now, that's not a guarantee, but it does happen. <laughs> so shout out to Jay Meister and the rest of the boys for putting up with me during all my technical ah, problems. Hell awesome, yeah, man. man. Got a good crew up on here. Let's get into it. I've been doing some research on CalMag and came across this article, which is a pretty good read. It says, I found it in a forum, but it looks like it was a Max Yield article by one of their contributors. I've got a little link here to a rolled up CalMag article because I know this has been brought up before. And sorry if it has been gone over, uh, but are we all are all CalMag products the same? Should we be using a one cal, one part or one CalMag product for veg and another for flour? Here's why I ask. So goes into saying, oh sorry, it's doing some research on just the MPK ratios, and I I kind of I'm curious here too of different brands. So you can see across brands here like Botanicare and Technoflora guys, it's a two zero zero. That's the NPK. So there's nitrogen in there, right? right. Grow more NCal 2.2 instead of 2-00. Advanced SensiCal 4.00. And then the Cali Magic from GH has a 1 on the MPK. So all these companies across the board are putting a little nitrogen in there, right? So then he goes into saying there's uh, you have the coloring of some are different. Botanicare is an orangish. Technoflora is yellow. Advanced is black. Interesting. Um, I would assume because each company decides to derive their calcium from a different source. Right. You know, and I don't, I'm not sure about that. He goes on to ask about what we should be looking for in the label, what form of calcium is best. But his PPMs out of his tap, which is Wellwater's 370, man, that's pretty high. That's probably a lot of CalMag in there. He goes, I have a big need to RO my water, and I always want to add, I always want to add CalMag back in. I have a big need to RO. I don't know if he ROs yet. So if you guys do RO your water, you definitely have to add CalMag back in and potentially watch to be adding more than the label rate, depending on which product you're using. Um, so what do you know, man? What do you know about CalMag? Where's the best source? I really don't know a ton about it. And that's why I make friends with guys like Jay Maestro and dude, he wrote a fucking awesome answer for this, man. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we can't even break it all down guys. This is one you have to visit on over. I'm going to touch on some of it. Yeah. Check out the Um, RO part where you use RO, you know, reverse osmosis. So you're stripping down, you know, if you can strip down your water, uh, PPM to 100 to 200 uh, parts per million. You save money on CalMag altogether. It says most growers don't need extra CalMag because most reputable nutrient companies add enough to their base uh, if your water source is anywhere near 100 PPM. So uh, I find that interesting. So what do you mean? If you can strip down your water's PPM, I don't know how you do that. Through, through, you know, uh, he's saying his, our, his water. Work. No, but he, how do you – so – I understand. His, his oh, you're trying out to like pull some down, like that. So it's coming out. So pull some of it out with a carbon yeah. filter instead of a full RO, yeah. because obviously when you're running an RO, you can't put "Give me this water at 110 ppm, please." You know, it strips it. I'm sure there's some fancy ass ones out there, but anyway. So run a car, run a carbon would help. Um, but I agree with what he said, man. I've usually never had issues. There's. Uh, a lot of good sources. I'm speaking from the liquid end. I've always used a liquid source of CalMag. The one difference that, thing that is out there is, I believe, Grow More has the Bloom CalMag. I think it's out now. Um, and we should totally get some of that if we can get some of that from Grow More. But that's no nitrogen, right? Because he's saying, well, we want to give growers and Bloom an option to have a, a, a CalMag without any nitrogen at all. Although I don't believe... Like the the GHs has a one there is going to be really harmful. You can have some nitrogen in bloom. We've been trained like nitrogen and bloom don't go together, and that's not true at all. You just got to watch your sure. ratios. I mean, like he says, you want to taper it down, definitely. 
But guys, check out this link uh, over in, or go over to Grow Talk with Dude Grows if you want to learn anything about Kyle Mag. Thanks, Maestro. Respect, wrote man. a good. Uh, you want to hear Maestro talk about it in person, there. man? He will be at the uh, at the DGC Cup. It's our celeb. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right, man. We got a flashback question no, here. Flashback. flashback. Yeah. Flashback questions, guys, are questions that we find here and there that don't have any comments that we feel we want to give a little love to. So I like this one. Not too, I remember covering it, actually. I do, too. We'll both hit it with a, a solution Yeah, here. I thought it was easy. Uh, and it's about people going on vacation. Yeah, and these are dudegrows.com. You find them at forward slash flashback if you want to check them yeah, out. Hey, if Two you go week on vacation, vacation auto anyway, feed. man, don't worry about watering your plants because somebody's going to rob you while you're gone anyhow, man. So what the fuck? <laughs> Greeting, dude and Scotty, long time, long time listener, first time emailer, first time grower. I just sprouted my first two seeds, Lohan, now four weeks old. Um, he's been growing them full spectrum solo cups. After a couple weeks of very slow growth, um, he figured lack of humidity and bought a humidifier, and they're blowing nice. up. I live in a very dry environment. He says, "Yeah, you got to watch that humidity, man. It can mess with definitely." Them. Uh, anyway, here's the point. I'm leaving home for a two week trip next month. I'm designing a double net pot deep water system so I can put them on cruise control. What no, is that? There's no such thing as a double pot net, <laughs> double net pop deep water. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just picturing it some type of deep water right. system where With a bunch of Achilles or whatever, you know, a bunch of things that can go wrong when if you're not. Yeah, well, he did call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not the cruise control no. system, but that's all right. If everything works right, taking my dragster goes, across the country on cruise control, man. Oh, in parentheses, he goes, given they transfer successfully from soil to hydro. So that is tough, man. That can happen. You can carefully in a sink use a sink sprayer and like gently, he's in a solo cup, spray away, you know, some of that soil if you want. And have, but it's going to stress that plant for Big sure. Time. And so then you got a long time to those roots if you're talking deep water culture till those plants where the roots grow into the water. You got to get them to dangle and yeah, go yeah. into there. So his question is, given the transfer goes smoothly, which it, that's going to be rough, what is the best nutrient mix to mix into the water for a two-week autofeed? Is this possible? I already have at my disposable a recharge and Neptune Harvest fish fertilizer. I'm guessing can of A and B may be a solution. If so, what ratios would be good for 30 gal? Yeah, you know, let's, let's right. kind of just go back. This, this, this guy's definitely a beginner and has some interesting, you know, specific questions. What I really wanted to go over was, dude, what do you do when you're going on vacation for two weeks? What are, you, what are you going to do? The hypothetical, you know, of course, I never would. That's two weeks is too fucking long to leave your plants unattended, man. Maybe a week, and you got to say a prayer before you go in into the grow. <laughs> but uh, two weeks is a long fucking time. So if I'm going for two weeks, I don't even think I'm going to flower. I'm not going to try to flower plants and, and leave for two weeks, are you? Uh, again, I agree with you. I mean, I've always had a helper, but if I had to do something... He's not at flowering point right now okay, anyway. Okay, so veg for but... two weeks. You trim them the fuck back, you know what I mean? So they're not eating a bunch of water. Um, and they don't have to support a bunch. You know, they go through a growth spurt. And then either, for me, I'll, I'll answer it. Drippers are really easy. Those Bluemonts are something that I would maybe Yeah, consider. you're talking non-hydro system altogether. Yeah, I wouldn't like have put a hydro were... system. A hydro system requires maintenance, man. It requires... Uh, as a matter of fact, Grow Mouse just did a really cool video on how to make your own CO. I'm sorry, your own uh, uh, pH controller for a hydro system. It's actually a really good video. Check uh-huh. it out. It's got, got a little recharge love in there. And then I was like, what? Because it's the exact same way that I used to do it, man, except he used the right kind of pumps. 
he uses these like little uh, I can't remember what they're called peristaltic pumps. Like they just are like these metering dosage pumps that can handle chemicals. And I used to just use some whatever the fuck I could find in Avon Park, Florida, man. So but, uh, <laughs> allegedly, man. But uh, yes, but there's a really cool that that's a really cool video. And he talks about doing a pH and whatnot, change or stabilizing pH. But man, that's all stuff you have to do in hydro that you don't have to do. I said for this guy, Hempy buckets, man. Hempy buckets with a sip, bo- you know, sip system with a float valve, maybe even two different float valves because that's the only Achilles heel you have in a Hempy bucket system. And let that biatch go, man. Put can of A and B in there, which is a real nice, simple, clean nutrient. I would just put 10 mils per gallon of each of them in there and have a supplemental reservoir and either do something like that or just keep the soil and and uh, uh, just use a regular drip system. Drip them for a minute twice a day you know, or once a day for a minute with a dripper. Costs you 50 bucks and you're done. Yeah, and they, doing the non <clears throat> or not doing hydro – um, like you said, is uh, I don't know. Some people have had success. Obviously, you got to say the prayer before you go back yeah. in. Like, Damn, it worked for two weeks. Yeah, I'm sure you can do way better than Mother Nature, man. With with your buckets and your and your, uh, you know, all, all that good stuff. Your nutrient solution. I mean, my man. trick for going away, water heavy. I water heavy. It's the last thing I typically do. My wife would be like, "Why are you in the garden right before we're getting in the car to go right. to the airport?" I'm like. I'm going to water the shit out of these yeah, things right now um, and give them a heavy feed if they need it. And then they'll be good. Like I, I know typically I want to water within two days, but they'll be good on the third day. I'll have somebody come over and help out. And if I'm, I'm worried, I don't, I try to make it. If somebody's helped me out, I don't want them to have to add anything to the water. So I'll just mix up a res of like neutral or six pH six, whatever water. And I'll, if I want, I'll just throw some top dress on if it's apical for that time, maybe a little all purpose bloom powder or something like that. So if they have two waterings while I'm gone, that's helping out, and that's how I that's how I roll. Yeah, with I'm just it. sitting there thinking about the no-till hempy that I made. I haven't done anything to that in two weeks. I do have to refill the 10 gallon reservoir that I have on top, but other than that, nothing. There you go. Yeah, sure. No-till. Hempy. Yeah, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Is that the title of the book? <laughs> Could be. Could be. All right, guys, check it out. If you have any comments or tips on what you've done. When you're away on vacation, being that, you know, when you're in prohibition land, sometimes it's hard to have a helper. Uh, check it out, dudegrows.com forward slash flashback. Make a comment. Love it. Yes, sir. What you got? All right. So uh, we got two more Grow Talk questions. We're almost over time. Oh, man. Come on. Let's, let's do it. Uh, pH and organic grow. Meef chief. Adjusting pH for organic grow? Question mark. Hey, dude, and Scotty. I dropped my mineral-based nutrients to see how simple I can make it grow. The goal here, it's not like you're dropping your mineral-based nutrients. You're still using them. You're just not liquid. They're just not bottled no, up. No, I mean, he's saying he drops uh, his mineral, mineral-based nutrients. When I talk about mineral nutrients, I'm talking about inorganic stuff. You know, I'm talking about salt-based nutrients. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, he's just... He's, he's, Our he's, mineral's not organic. Anyway. Yeah, to yeah, the goal is to get, get started the, on that whole thing, man, because I don't even know what that word the, means if you start thinking about the word organic. The goal is to get the most flavor from my buds. Here's what I put together. Or, so what I remember off the top of my head, he's got uh, just a soil mix here, foxworm ocean forest, perlite, azomite, kelp meal, chunky dolomite lime, and two cups worm caps. All right, so he's got a bunch, of, a bunch of fox farm ocean forest, though. We got to get, I actually got an email from one of the guys from, from Fox Farm. I need to get him on because I don't know what's in there. I have no idea what the nutrient, I know it's hot. I know there's nutrient in there, but I have no idea what it is. 
You mean you don't know? Yeah, ratios like it lists on their bag what they it, got in there, but as far it does. as okay, I've never some... used Ocean Forest, man. I've been a cocoa guy since I went, you know, went into buckets since I left Hydro. So what? It's it's all organic type stuff. You know, you've read it. I haven't. I I don't want to say organic. I mean, type. blood we'll meal, bone meal, that kind I of thing. Yeah, yeah, I believe some okay. of that, some of that. But again, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't. I'm being recorded well, right let's now. Let's see what this guy's got. So. so he's got his ocean forest. He's got perlite, which is his aeration. He's got azomite, which is all the the micronutrients, the basement, you know, the the yeah micronutrients. I'll call them. Um, kelp, which is going to give him some, some phytohormones, some plant hormones, and possibly a little bit of, of uh, potassium. Dolomite lime he's using to control. That. Dolomite lime is used um, when your pH is really acidic. It raises the pH. And then he's got some worm castings. So the worm castings are kind of like a microbe kind of thing. So, yeah, let's see what we got, man. His goal is to amend a fairly decent soil off the shelf. He says he's only going to use Recharge, Mammoth P, and Biocozyme, which is the enzyme. Here's my concern. Here's where my concern lies. I've read over and over that you don't need to worry about pH adjusting when growing organically. My tap water is pretty poor. comes out around 9.5. Damn. Yeah. says I run it through a small boy filter system and let it sit for 48 hours, bringing my pH down to 7.8 to 7.9. All right. We're getting right. doable. Would this be applicable for not adjusting pH at all? Can I trust that the soil and microbes will do their job. I'd like to get some input from you guys so that I don't completely botch this run. No worries, Meef. Um, I want to say that uh, I think he'd be okay. There's two things. If he has the pH off the tap at 7, 8, 7, 9, and then he's going to put recharge in it, it's probably going to bring it up to 8.5, 8, 8, 8. Until, until the recharge it, hits the soil and it goes to work and starts metabolizing. Uh, and uh, you know, what the metabolite is slightly acidic. So it's going to see the the you know the the poo is going to be slightly acidic. So as the recharge works, it should start to lower the pH. That's why it goes in high. Um, but I'm kind of a little bit con- so no worries. Yeah, no there. worries there. I'm a little concerned about the dolomite lime. Dolomite lime is used for low pH soils to bring them up. So if you're starting with something with very high pH water, um, you might want to leave out the dolomite lime, wouldn't you think? I don't know if there's any reason to bring mm-hmm. the pH up mm-hmm. if you're starting with high Look, pH water. Very good concern. So yeah, very good catch there. Something, something to think Somebody about. Somebody else made a a good point using that biocozyme, um, but uh, from Tune. I don't know who this is, but a good point. Biocozyme. If you're putting that in the water, it's going to bring it down a little. I'm not going to say by how much, but it'll lower your pH a little bit too and get you closer down to that seven. Um, and uh, that will help you out. But I think you're good, man. The fact that you, I wouldn't say you're good if you're using that 9.5 off the tap, but bringing it back down with the small boy and everything, I wouldn't sweat it with your organic growing style. Agreed, man. Agreed. All right. Let's go to one more question from Noob. N-O-O-B. Noob Grower. Oh, Snuck this one in. Maybe that's in, uh, into it. I didn't this even is see actually this one. From, from Ray. Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, dude, Mr. Breel, I'm a first-time grower about a week away from harvest. I have two Skywalker plants. I've been flushing per dude's instructions. Be careful, man. <laughs> if you do a connoisseur-like, yeah, you might want to talk to a vendor DJ. Shit. Gives good advice. I have made every new mistake possible, burned my plants using hot soil and full-strength nutrients, had the claw from too much <laughs> nitrogen, yellowing of the leaves, white powdery mildew, and even had mites when I brought a clone home. 
With your guys' help, I have weathered the storm and crop is looking good. Now I'm worried about harvesting. That's awesome to hear, by the way. Do I hang with fan leaves or not when he harvests? I want to, I want to dry as slow as possible. I'm not in a hurry, and I want good taste and quality. Yeah. When do sugar leaves get trimmed? So here, I'll just start answering these right now, man. Yeah, I mean, depending on humidity, my humidity in my room where my plants hang after I cut them is probably 32%, 35% and right now. In the summer, it okay. changes. But so, when it's that dry, I leave everything on. Yep, I agree. I mean, my fan leaves as much stock as possible that has water in it and it usually takes my plants close to two weeks to where i'm going to uh take the fan leaves off and trim them up a little bit and put them in uh a uh a bag to dry or to cure that's awesome but uh 60 percent humidity 60 degrees i believe that was on i think when burner was in one of the rooms when we did one of those dgc video breakdowns that was something he said and uh, yeah, right around the fifty to sixty percent humidity is what I like to be at. Yeah, if your humidity is up there higher, I would take your fan leaves off. I mean, I don't, I don't know though. You could, you, I don't think you can go too long, even if it took two and a half weeks. I don't know if it's going to be like, oh, that's too long for it to dry. But um, and then he goes, when can I? Uh, when do I? The sugar leaves get trimmed? You know, in my world now, they don't. Why do I want to trim the sugar leaves, man? I'm getting to the point now. Um, with the Spectrum Kings that I am just taking off the fan leaves and I'm going to cut my flower sizes. The sugar leaves are just full of trikes. That's why they're called sugar leaves. So you smoke them? If you're rolling a joint, you're smoking sugar leaves? I totally would. No worries. I mean, it's part of this good, plenty of good shit on there. More than yeah, you still get. You know, the thing about leaves is no, but I'm not rolling joints with sugar leaves. If I'm rolling a joint, it's just by you know putting some flour through the grinder. But I'm getting to the point, like I said, where I don't want to do much now when I harvest. I'm going to remove the fan leaves, and I'm going to take my flowers, and I'm probably going to be pressing them, man. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, though, next show. I had a smoking experience, <laughs> man. Changed my life. So, um, but, yeah, the sugar leaves, that's up to you, man. If it's just for you and they're full of trikes and no trim Nazis busting your balls, why do you want to cut them off? Who cares? That's what, yeah, I, that's think. what I think, too, man. Uh, it's kind of fun to see a super, super frosty sugar leaf. And then if you want, as you're rolling your joint, man, in most, most places, I don't know where – at least in Florida, anyway. I used to cut my joints with a scissor, anyhow. I had to cut the weed with a scissor, anyhow. So that's the case. If you want to take off a fan leaf, or not a fan leaf, but a sugar leaf, you take it off. Hell yeah. And then lastly, he says, How long do I give them for a dark period if I want after hard or um, also and before I cut yeah, them? Yeah, I never, I never understood that give a dark period, period, man. That's his, you know, that's I used, I read some shit earlier in the show, show, show numbers. And I was doing that. I don't really have the option to do that now, the way I'm running perpetual uh, bloom rooms. I'm on sharing a wall and environment. So feel free to look into reading about some of it. Some people were saying, you know, some interesting shit. It's one of those things, though, I won't say definitely do it because it does this. So you got to do your own research on that. I'm not against it or saying you're wasting your time. Sometimes I just did it because it's like, shit, I don't got time to trim tonight. Just shut off the lights. Right. Right. <laughs> We'll get to it in a day or two or three. <laughs> and lastly, shout out. He said, I wanted to shout out to Scott from Nectar for the Gods. He hooked it up. And I only had to pay 22 for the shipping. We'll be using it with my next grow for recharge. Yeah, man, get into that. We have Scott was on the Dude Grow Show. Search Nectar for the Gods up in the search bar. You'll find information on them. And educate us as well. Get into that line and let us know how it does. I still use their pH up. It's one product of theirs I do use all the time. So Yeah. There you go. 
that, re- that Oregon man, religion that would be up there, man. The conclusion of Grow Talk for episode three five six, dude. Grow show, guys. It wasn't much of a shorter show. Man, we need to do. We need to work on and, it. Oh yeah, we'll be working on it. I'm sure nobody's complaining. We're the only ones that are oh, complaining. Good. We'll work on it. Evolution, evolution, and happening with the entourage's synergy. Whoa, man! So evolution inside a revolution, bro. Mark your calendars, April fifteenth. Be coming at you with more info soon. We'll be back tomorrow. Take it easy, everybody. Putting it in the bag. We'll give a shout-out. You got any last shout-outs oh, here, man? man? I will give a shout-out to JR Token. I'll give a shout-out to Nando, Coastal Mesa Steve, KDK. KDK. KDK, your job's easier this time. You never had a job. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate all your help. But the GGC Cup, now we got professional in-house backing. Absolutely. You can sit back and chill. Jay Maestro, little love Kool-Aid, Undershade, Stony Montana. Oh, we'll throw some love to everybody as uh, as we build this. We'll drink some of the Kool-Aid in the Undershade. <laughs> love it, man. I love it. All right, dude. Take her right, easy. Guys, I guess I'll see day. you tomorrow. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And with the boss man's is to take a little break. That means we're lighting up a tube. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the buzz on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. In my toolbox, there's a bomb. Some people start their day off with a pill. It's what the doctor says to do. They shake their heads and natural medicine. Go ahead and try something new, new, new. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good vibes on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to smoke it all day long. Yeah.